The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Day two of the NFL draft went as unexpected as it possibly could have been for the New York Giants. Yet again, two additional picks that Chris and I could not have predicted here for the Giants as they went with Xavier McKinney and Matt Peart. I'm Joe DeLeon here with the Chris and Joe Show presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. We are going to be recapping day two of the NFL Draft, rounds two and three, the two selections by the New York Giants, breaking them down for you, and then also filling you in on the best available guys that are going to be around on day three. Getting us right on into this, Chris, the first selection we had at 36th overall, we were discussing Zach Bond, and he was still on the board when that pick was up. Also, Grant Delpit was still available, yet the Giants decided to go with Xavier McKinney, safety out of Alabama, who many consider to be the top safety in this year's draft class, or still graded him as a first-rounder, ended up sliding, sliding to the Giants, and turned out to be a pretty good selection for them. Yeah, he, he wasn't the top safety on our board, but you can kind of see where the Giants are coming from with the pick. Patrick Graham wants... He really likes to have positionless defensive backs. He wanted Minka Fitzpatrick for that role, the kind of safety slot corner. I don't like using the term chess piece, but a a player who he can move around and create mismatches, disguise coverages. And that's the kind of player McKinney is. We had Grant Delpit rated higher just because of his range as a single high coverage player but McKinney can do a lot he can drop down play slot corner he can play a little bit of linebacker he can play as a box safety he can play as a free safety in like a cover two cover three obviously cover four type role so he can play a lot of different roles for the Giants and that obviously appealed to them and during the broadcast folks if you happen to hear it if not They spoke about how Alabama had some serious injuries at the linebacker position, so they went to McKinney, who is one of their most experienced defensive players, and asked him to play a bit of a nickel linebacker role, and he did so relatively successfully, despite not being a very big guy. He's only six foot, 201, 30 inch arm, uh, 30 and 7 eighth inch arms, rather, 8 and 3 eighth inch hands, 4'6", 340, a bit on the slower side. 
compared to some of these other more athletic safeties that were at the combine. 19 bench reps, 36-inch vertical, and then 122-inch broad. So not super explosive. You do get some explosion with that 36-inch vertical. He's he's versatile that you can move him around. He's not the most athletic safety, but he was overall just a, a serious playmaker for a program that has notoriously produced pretty good defensive backs in Alabama. Yeah, I mean, obviously the <laughs> Giants are pretty familiar familiar with that with Landon Collins, who in his draft was considered a player who was a versatile safety who was expected to be a first rounder and the Giants selected at the top of the second round. That year they traded up to draft him. You know, this year they get their versatile expected to be first round Alabama safety without having to jump up. They might not have gotten the guy we were all expecting, but they got their guy. The other selection I think was the biggest curveball of the three that we've seen so far for the Giants. That was Matt Parrott, 99th overall offensive tackle out of UConn after taking a tackle fourth overall in Andrew Thomas. So they decided to go with a developmental tackle, a guy that has uh, not as much ready-to-play ability as Andrew Thomas does. He's a bit more developmental. He's going to take some time before he can get on the field, but he's overall uh, considered to be a high upside player if he can bring it all together and come together and, and play at his full potential. So six foot seven, three eighteen, uh, thirty-six and three-eighth inch arms, huge arms, nine and a half inch hands, five oh six forty, twenty-six bench reps. So uh, some pretty good movement skills from the big offensive tackle from UConn. Pierre, the director of the senior bowl, actually compared him to Brickishaw Ferguson. Yeah, that that might be a little rich for my blood. My comparison watching him is actually Will Beatty, the former Giant, and also UConn alumni, but that doesn't have any that doesn't really play a role in the comparison. They just happen to play for the same school. Both Pierre and Beatty are bit are tall, long, athletic offensive tackles. Even though they've got good upside, they you know, Beatty obviously had started starter caliber upside there were a few years he was one of the very best left tackles in the nfl and i do believe peart has starting upside but like bd he needs to get stronger to play in the nfl he's got some technique issues to clean up but every nfl prospect does you know peart's biggest issue is just play strength dealing with power and especially NFL level power. There's the distinct possibility he does not see the field his rookie year, but it does give the Giants a pipeline of talent at the offensive line where if they decide to move on from Nate Solder, they've got their left and right tackles there. Yeah, assuming everything goes according to plan, assuming that is the plan, they've got both of their bookends they are ready to step in at least as near as i can tell that's the thought process with matt peart yeah and as we were watching this third round i was starting to think to myself well this has got to be tyler biotish or maybe a receiver because th those were the next major needs or maybe a linebacker with troy die who, who was still on the board but they ended up going with a position that they already filled and essentially a guy that's not going to play I, I cannot think of a scenario that Matt Peart is going to get onto the field 
in 2020. Now, there's nothing terribly wrong with that. It doesn't hurt to have a guy that can sit and develop because that's what he needed. He appeared if he had to go out there and play, that would be a terrible situation for him because, like you said, he needs to get stronger for him to play at the NFL level and to play up to his potential. But right now, you can't bump him inside a guard because you have Will Hernandez and Kevin Zeitler, who are very, very good guards. He's too big to play center. And I know that might sound crazy for some positions to say that, oh, somebody's too big, but centers can't be six foot seven. That's just too big. You can't have a guy that tall in the middle of, in the middle of your offensive line. So there's just this weird mix of, uh, of how he's going to fit, and it seems like they're just going to let him sit and then potentially get rid of Nate Solder in a season or two. Yeah, this is – you normally don't look at your third-round pick as – a guy who is going to help out in a season or two. You normally look at these first three picks as guys who can help you win this year. But picking 99th overall, the way the board fell, the Giants believe they got the best value out of Matt Peart. And maybe that value is hopefully getting off the offensive line hamster wheel and having to search and draft and desperately look for another starter every year yeah it's almost the complete opposite of what we've dealt with you know uh, Giants fans seem to have constantly been frustrated with the Giants lack of willingness to address the offensive line well Dave Gettleman said I'm if you guys are frustrated we're not playing around this year we're going to give you as many offensive linemen as we can possibly take in every single round so expect maybe you know a couple more uh, hopefully not but (laughs) We'll have to see what ends up happening with the rest of the guys on the board. Maybe they do end up taking a center. Speaking of centers, there's a pretty decent group of guys that we graded as second rounders that are still available and on the board. We're going to fill you in on those guys, but before we get to them, we're going to take a very quick commercial break. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. 
Chris, we have a pretty good crop here of second round graded guys and some third rounders that could fit very nicely with the Giants as they're going to be picking at 110 in the fourth round. Uh, there's a lot of people that can really step in and, and, and be quality players for the Giants that are going to be benefiting the Giants for sliding as far as they did. Who are some of the guys that really stand out to you? Yeah, uh, right at the top of the draft, you know, the guys that are still on the board who will hopefully still be on the board when the Giants are picking. I, Tyler Biotish, center out of Wisconsin, sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, he At one point, he was considered the top center in the entire country. You know, he's got good size. He's got you know good experience playing for Wisconsin. He's smart. He can play in a man and a zone blocking scheme. You know, the problem with him, he was dealing with an injury last year. I thought he was playing too heavy. He just looked a little bit too big. Not too tall like Matt Peart, but just too big. And he just wound up on the ground a little too often or maybe a lot too often which is probably why he has slipped as far as he has and the fact that the NFL can't really do their own medical evaluations on him. Then just sticking with the offensive side of the ball, got Colin Johnson, wide receiver out of Texas, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver out of Michigan. They're both bigger guys. Peoples-Jones, you might remember from the combine, jumped out of Lucas Lucas Oil Stadium, had a, I believe it was a 44-inch vertical, which is just absurd. Colin Johnson, uh, 6'6", 220, 225, just a big and surprisingly agile for his size wide receiver. Neither of these guys, I don't think they are the true X receivers that we were kind of hoping to see the Giants get. But they've got good size. They have the ability to stretch the field. They should be able to help out with the Giants' depth and add an element they don't really have right now. Then moving over to the defense, I've got uh, Curtis Weaver and Alton Robinson on the edge. Uh, Troy Dye, like you mentioned, linebacker from Oregon, and Akeem Davis-Gaither, linebacker from Appalachian State. You know, the big football powerhouse that it is. It seems like that linebacker spot is going to be one to really monitor here as the Giants are going to be coming up very soon in the fourth round when things kick off at noon tomorrow. They're going to be picking at 110, but you pointed out Troy Dye, Akeem Davis-Gaither. We had them as second-round graded players, and the Giants still really are are a, are a missing piece at that linebacker group. When we assumed and hoped for Isaiah Simmons, he's not the guy. We were thinking Zach Bond. He didn't end up being the guy. They continued to push away from and push back this linebacker uh, position of need. And right now, Die and Akeem Davis-Gaither are, are the best available we have right now for that 110 pick. Do they choose to go there, or do they choose to go with Tyler Biotish to fix that center selection? All of that is really up for discussion. Now, the Giants have a ton of picks left in the remainder of this draft. They have seven picks. They've got four in the seventh round. And then they have uh, one pick in each of the following rounds. So in the fourth round, they have pick 110. Fifth round, they have pick 150. Sixth round, they have pick 183. So with those fourth and fifth round picks, those will be the likely best possible spots for them to take guys that can maybe contribute or still be developmental pieces. And then I think anything further from there, Chris, you and I were, were kind of talking about this earlier. They're, they're going to be, they have four seventh rounders and they're probably going to end up cutting most of them that those seventh rounders are almost too many, too many to have uh, towards the end of the draft. Yeah. At, at that point, the giants are basically going to be 
picking up the guys at the top of their pri- priority free agents list, the guys that other teams are going to be calling up, you know, maybe playing on the uh, the relationships their area scouts have built with them. Those are the guys that, with all those sixth and seventh round picks, the Giants are just going to be saying, "Yeah, no, you're a Giant now." I would say show up to rookie minicamp, but we're not quite sure what's going to be happening there. But they are, or at least should be using those picks to really secure the free agents, the undrafted free agents that they like the most and just make sure they get them in-house. Certainly do have an advantage there to snag up any undrafted free agents in the seventh round and make sure they secure them with those final four picks in the draft. Tune in tomorrow on ESPN or also NFL Network at noon for the remainder of picks for the New York Giants in the 2020 NFL Draft. Be sure to also rate and subscribe wherever you are listening to us on any platform you can find a podcast. Also follow us on social media at Big Blue View. You can follow Chris at Raptor MKII. You can follow me at Joe DeLeon. Following the seven picks of the Giants tomorrow, we're going to recap and wrap things up for you nicely like we've done for these previous two days to let you know who was taken and who they are as a prospect.